Hallelujah. So we, we talked about, we released the word, and last Sunday also we talked about hope. Hallelujah. And I will say hope that is deferred makes the heart sick. Hallelujah. So it means that when you pursue, pursue hope and you don't get hope, you become sick. Amen. Many people have given up because of not seeing what they are hoping for. But the very thing that should be in our spirit is that the Apostle Paul made a very powerful statement one time. He said, hope that is seen is not hope anymore. So our very foundation of our Christian life is based on hope. We have hope that one day we will see Jesus. Don't you have that hope? Have you seen him? Will you give up because you haven't seen him? So Christianity is based on that principle. Anything that stops hoping dies. Anybody that stops hoping dies. Hope is a fear that causes you to move on. But then, today I want to just, I don't know how much time I have still, but today I want to talk about what can compromise the hope. And I realize that there is one element that compromises the hope is the state of our soul. Hallelujah. The state of your soul can compromise your hope. But I want to read the scripture that might not sound to you as what I want to say, but I want to read it. In the book of Proverbs, chapter number 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, 7. Are you here with me? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, let's even read from verse 6. Let's read from verse 6. Proverbs 20. Uh-huh. Do not eat the bread of a miser. Not desire is delicacies. Let's go. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you. But his heart is not with you. Hallelujah. But, 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 but I, have, I have sometimes struggled when I read the Bible because some of the things don't make sense. I don't know if it, you, you feel like that. Sometimes when I read scripture, it's like it confuses me because what they say doesn't make sense. Because I realize you don't think from your heart. You don't think from your heart. Hallelujah. Because when the Bible talks about hearts, there are two truths in hearts. The heart sometimes means spirits. And the heart sometimes means soul. It's not every time you see heart in the Bible that it means spirit. So if the heart means spirit, then a human being does not think from his spirit. Hallelujah. He thinks out of his soul. Because your soul is your center of your emotions. Your thoughts are in your soul. Amen? You are quiet. So, so, so if, according to the context here, the heart that God is talking about is not the spirit, but rather the soul, then we can say the Lord is telling you, hmm, what you say, what you say sometimes can be in opposition with what your soul says. He said, the man tells you, eat and drink, but his soul 
is not with you. All his heart is not with you. But his mouth is talking. Amen? His mouth is busy talking while his intentions are not with you. But he says, the real person is the inside, not what he says. So God is telling us that I might not be able to discern you through your words. I can only discern you through the revelation of the Spirit. So, 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 the principle is simple. He said the real you is what is you, you think. So when God sees you, he sees you as your thoughts. So God does not seize you necessarily as you say. He sees you as you think. So let me bring it home. Your thoughts are louder in heaven than your voice. Come on now. So, that brings me to this point. Real Christianity is what you think. Real Christianity is not what you say. So, 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 that tells me that God knows you by your thoughts. <laughs> Meaning, if I say to this dear woman, I love you, but my thoughts are not there, I'm a liar to God. So, I'm an hypocrite. That's the word. It's not strong enough. I'm a hypocrite. Because I display something that is not me. I'm a deceiver and a fake. Because as far as God is concerned, I don't represent myself the way I am. Or I don't present myself the way I am. Ha! If we have to know what each person thinks of each person, we will run away from this building. (laughs) We realize that I'm in danger. (laughs) I'm sitting in the midst of wolves. That reality is portrayed by this principle. He said, there are wolves in sheep clothing. That's the reality portraits. Ha! Have mercy. You're right. Let, let's pray for mercy. Lord, have mercy. Because this shocked me when I read it. Hey. When I read it, that shocked me. Thinking is a part of your soul. Hallelujah. And then I realize my thoughts are conditioned by my experience. I think according to my experience. I think according to what I've been through. So, if I have an encounter with this man and in our interaction does not turn well, immediately my thought toward him change. I'm neutral until I have an experience. Do you understand that some of you, your discernment was just based on what you heard? I met a journalist that came to interview me one time. And when we were full, this was her word. She said, I heard so many things about you. But actually, you, you are a nice guy. I said, oh, so what you heard was not nice. <laughs> she said, before I come to your office, I heard so much. So she was conditioned by what she heard. And then the experience made her change her thoughts. In a way that I minister to them before they get out. So what are you exposing yourself to? Come on. What are you exposing yourself to? 
Because let me tell you something. That you cannot go beyond the level of your faults. So, 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 so if you want to know your limitation, know your faults. As you think in your heart, so are you. And then also, most of the time, if we listen to you for a long time, you will give into something that you didn't plan because you cannot lie all your life. You will have to contradict yourself somewhere because the lie cannot be kept. The truth is universal. It's one. The lie has many sources. There is only one truth, Christ Jesus. And you know what the Lord told me? He said, everything that God didn't say is a lie. Huh? I said, but it's a truth. Some people tell the truth. He said, yes. The truth we are telling is temporary because the source is not eternal. So when you bring it into eternity, it becomes a lie. Although into time it can be truth, but in eternity it becomes a lie. So when we want to stand on the truth, we have only one thing to stand on, the words. Anything that is not word is a lie as far as God is concerned in time. So, so when something happens to me, I need to measure the eternal value of that thing. I need to bring that thing into eternity. When I put it into eternity, it's real, uh, let me say, nature will appear. And I will know it was a lie. What the enemy does is to stir your soul so that you will be blinded to the truth. Yes. He brings experiences to you in order for you to confine your life to what you are going through, not to the solid rock, Jesus. Because everything that you experience is temporary. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me. I hope I'll bring this home today that we'll be able to see. Mm. Look, I told you thinking is part of your soul. Let's read the book of Luke, chapter number 6, verse 45. Luke 6, verse 45. Let's read it quickly. Luke, chapter number 6, verse 45. He said, a good man out of a good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of your soul, you speak. But, but let me tell you something that the soul of men is a battleground. The soul is a battlefield. The mind is a battlefield. Let me tell you that Jesus himself experienced that battle. Mm -hmm. When he was in Gethsemane, his battle was not against his own spirit. His battle was against his soul. Why was this battle against the soul? Because the soul was there. Because the soul is a part of yourself that experienced pain, that experienced fear, that experienced anxiety. Your soul is a factor in you that experienced those emotions that we are talking about. And Jesus at the, at the Garden of Gethsemane experienced that. Hallelujah. Can somebody say Amen. Jesus, say, Jesus experienced it. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus 
so then you can feel better for, about yourself. Amen. Matthew chapter number 26, I want us to read from verse 33. Matthew chapter number 6, uh, 26 verse 33. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go on. No, Matthew 26. 33, let me check if I'm the right. I have the right scripture. Uh, oh, no, that's not the, the right scripture. I think I got it wrong there. Let me see what I'm looking for. Hmm. Yes, 38, sorry. Matthew 26, 38. Because I want to show something there. Matthew 26, 38. Matthew 26, 38. It said, then he said to them, my soul. Somebody say, my soul. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. My soul is down. Jesus was telling them, my soul is in a pit now. My soul is down. My soul is sorrowful up unto death. Jesus was seeing the cross. And his soul was troubled. You know, some of you. You look at your future and you see nothing but pain. You see nothing but trouble. And then your soul buys into it. And instead of hope, you are in despair. So, so, so Jesus himself experienced it. But Jesus had a way to fight it. He said, stay here. Let's continue. Let's continue. The scripture there. Stay here and watch with me. Continue verse, uh, verse following verse. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Let's go. Me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This is how Jesus fought it. Jesus understood that I will, not, I will not win this battle on my own. The first thing I can do is to pray. The second thing is to give up on my own ambitions. Amen. And receive God's ambition. He said, Lord, let this cup pass from me, that my own ambition. Nevertheless, not according to my own wants, but let your will be done. It's a place that is called surrendering. Your soul is fighting you because you're still at the center of your own throne. Yes. Your, your soul is taking advantage of yourself because you are still in the picture. When Jesus disqualified himself from the picture, he could get the breakthrough. You know, Satan has nothing to do with your business. Do you know Satan does not care about your business? Huh? Okay. Do you know he does not care about your marriage? Huh? They told you you have 10,000 wives. That's their own problem. But he does not care about all these things. He cares about only one thing, your soul. But he knows he cannot access your soul if he does not access what is dear to your heart. For where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart also is. So when you want to set a trap, he does not set a trap next to you. He set it to your treasure. Because he knows your heart is going there. And that way he will get you. So whatever he's doing in your life has one mission. is to get your soul. So, so the pain that you are experiencing today has nothing to do with your future. When I say your future, it means that, mean that God is not tempering with your future. God has set your future. But the devil wants you to lose hope. And he knows that when, you, they say, when hope is deferred, the heart becomes sick. 
and he wants you to have a sick heart. So that's why you pray and it feels like the thing is delaying. It's not God delaying the thing. It's a testing of faith. Come on. In a way that you start to understand that, that doesn't matter the time this thing takes. God is by my side. And then, do you know why you will bring conflict between you and your wife? People say, you want to break my marriage. I told you something. The devil is not interested in your marriage. He's interested in your soul. He knows when the marriage is broken, you are broken. Yes, so that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. He knows when that thing is broken, you are broken. Eh? Listen, John, come. I I believe in that John. This is John. This is my friend John. Hallelujah. And uh, the devil sees that John and I, if we stay together, we have a powerful future in the kingdom. He's not interested in the friendship. He's interested in what we can do together. So for him to stop this, he needs to interfere here. Two are better than one. So when John moves there, and I move here, and John is following his road, I'm following my road, there is a gap. Who is the winner? Because at the end of the day, the thing that John and I, we are going to do, we will take it together. Let's see. Mm. Let's see. This is what God is sending us for. And we are like this. And because of our destiny, it's so heavy for me alone that I can't. So we need to move together, then to grab it together and pull it together. But now, he has succeeded in tempering with my soul. So my soul is not in good standing with John. So I say, John, go your way. I go my way. But the purpose hasn't changed. We're still looking at the same thing. So we go. And then when I come here, I'm like, yeah. Whew. Lord, please, mercy. Mercy. But John is standing there. John cannot help me because we are not one anymore. And at the end of the day, I get frustrated. I give it up. And John comes to the same spot. He tries. He gets frustrated. He gives it up. And he leaves. Who won? Go and sit. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. So that's why in life, Proverbs 4, 23 says something. Let's read Proverbs 4, 23. This time I I think I I got it well. I have a preacher in my house. Let's go. Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your, say it again, with all, he said diligence, set God over your heart, protect your heart more than anything, for he said, for out of it springs, out of it springs the issues. So every issue of life springs from the soul. So if that is the case, you know, do you know how many people guard the presidential house? The presidential home. You know how many people guard it? Because one man is staying there. Because they know if they can take that guy out, the country will be confused. So, the police is around his house. Okay. How many people have gone to the bank and are able to jump behind the counter and go to the safe? (laughs) You know what is there? Something is protected. So, you can't just break through. Hallelujah. And the Bible says your heart is bigger than all these things. And it says set God around your hearts. For out of your heart comes the issues of life. You not being happy is about your heart. Hallelujah. Guard your heart. 
guard your heart because out of that abundance, you will sow seed. I'm coming to the declaration of a month. So the sowing of seed is a function of the heart. Have you seen people that can't just stop talking? Hmm? They can't stop talking. And you wonder, why is he talking too much like that? Most of the time, go and check the life of that person. There is something broken. Have you seen people, when you meet them, they tell you all about themselves? They, they, they feel the need to brag. They feel the need to show off. You know what? Something is broken. They need to go and fix it. So, what shall we do then? I want to finish. What shall we do then? What shall we do then? We shall do, like I say, as Jesus did. Watch and pray. I say watch and pray. People have become prayerless. Not, people are prayerful, yet prayerless. I will explain. People are prayerful, yet prayerless. Hmm? Because their prayer does not have a kingdom purpose. It's self-centered. So they can pray and fast and do everything. But at the end of the day, it revolves around them. Not God's purpose. And when you do that, you are prayerless. Although you are prayerful. So, have you noticed that today in the kingdom, real intercessors have disappeared? When someone says, I'm an intercessor, it means he's praying for his family. When someone says, I'm an intercessor, it means he's praying for his problems. How many times have you seen somebody that takes a fasting for 21 days for somebody else? Which has nothing to do with him. Unrelated. The Gethsemane issue was not about Jesus. It was about destiny. The struggle of Jesus was about destiny of mankind. It was not about him. So, so, so the, the devil has turned the church into selfishness. That's why it's all about I receive. No, he receives. I receive. I and I. I lambano it. I take it by force and by fire. I. And then they teach you, and I'm not preaching against that because it's a principle that you must sometimes apply. They teach you, he that cannot move you forward, leave him. And it's powerful teaching the church. Your associations. Hallelujah. So we are not into sowing in the lives of people anymore. We are into taking from them to add to us. So that we can rise higher. So when I'm relating to Leon, my back thought is what can I get from him, not what can I add to him. So our relationship becomes selfish. Because when the relationship does not bless me anymore, I withdraw. I withdraw. I don't stay for to bless him. I stay to be blessed. And when I can't be blessed, I go. Now, I'm not talking against association. I preach that also. But there is a balance in everything. You need to know that when you are unbalanced, you become selfish. 
So daily, you are having many thoughts. I wonder if you write your thoughts down the whole day, you will realize what you'll be thinking about. It's all junk. Yes, 90% junk. What are you thinking about? My friend told me a story. He said there was a ship that was sinking. And uh, I won't say the country, otherwise uh, people listen to me from country. So they phone a base in the country where they're near. Say, Mayday, 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 we are sinking. He said, What are you singing about? <laughs> because for them, thinking is sinking. So, what are you thinking about? <laughs> but let me tell you something you are the product of your thoughts. Mm hmm. You know what I can, I can advise you? The same advice was given to my father in Holland when he visited Holland. He was saying to the man that the Bible says if you look at a woman and lust after her, you have committed adultery. So he said to the man, I don't know how it works, but when I see beautiful ladies, I notice it. Is that sin? And the man said, no, it's not sin yet. Because if you don't know it, you are not normal. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, the man says, it's when you ponder on that it becomes sin. But if I say, wow, what a beautiful woman, I'm glorifying the creator. So I know she's beautiful, but I know she's not mine. So I disconnect myself from the emotion that comes from the appreciation so that I won't dwell in the emotions. Hallelujah. Amen. So the man said to my dad, can you forbid the birds to fly over your head? So no. He said, what won't you allow? He said that he come and make his nest on my head. So it's not because a thought has entered your mind that you have sinned. But when you decide to make it yours, you, de you, become, you decide to make it yours by meditating on it. See, I'm preaching a lot with John today. You see, Stan, it's, a, it's a handsome boy, a handsome guy. Now he's married. Where is your? Do you have a ring? Yes. Okay. No, no, no. You come to church, we are worshiping, you see that tall guy. In the worship, flesh entered. Oh. And you are a young woman, you are not married. And then he said, Amazing. You see, he said, Lord, thank you for his wife. Because she's blessed. And you stop it there. Amen. But when you say, sure, I know they are, they are married, but is a marriage going well? I don't know how. <laughs> you have sinned against God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You have sinned. Because you can't find your way next to John. John, come. Hey, Johnny. How are you? <laughs> Johnny. 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 Sister, what are you doing to Carlos' husband? <laughs> Amazing grace. And John must have a courage. We'll say, so let our relationship be as simple as it is. Because if I dwell in it, I will be lasting. Yeah. And when I last, I sin against my God and my soul. Yeah. And I find myself into a trap. Yeah. When you want to catch a mouth, you don't just set the trap there. You put cheese. Yeah. But the mouth does not know, mouth, mouth does not know, mice does not know that. They don't know that behind the, 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 the thing there, they are thief. So when it goes and bites it, it catches it. Yeah. So Satan will not attract you with what you don't like. 
He will attack you with what you like. Because he knows the state of your soul. Let me tell you how it, how it works. He comes and you are sitting there. This is what he does. He knows maybe you like some stuff. He has, he, he, they are called familiar spirit because they've been living with Aaron for long. They've been here. So they look at this one, they said, What must I pass where to see? So they pass the iPad. <laughs> and they check your look. When you don't, they brought it down. Bring it down. Then they took, take it back and bring it. Polo. Then they bring Gucci and you go with them. <laughs> I know. I know we can work on Gucci because that's where your heart is. Satan cannot know your heart, but he can discern your intentions. By bringing things to see if it will spark something in you. The moment it sparks something in you, you know I must work on this one. It's not all knowing, but your strategy. How? Are you hear what I'm saying? So how does it enter your, your mind? Because it cannot influence you from the inside. It can only influence you from the outside. You understand? Because you are sealed most with the spirit. And if a demon is dwelling in you, there is a problem. Hallelujah. Now, it cannot influence you from the inside, necessarily, but from the outside. So it will bring circumstances that will cloud you from the outside. That's why some of you, you see people thinking and they shake their heads like this. What is happening? The guy is trying to fight a fox that he does not like. He thinks by shaking it, he will throw it away. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You can shake it as you want. It will stay. Uh-huh. Because thoughts have a voice. Hmm? Thoughts are spoken into your mind. So when you want to fight it, we taught you that. Don't fight it with a movement. Fight it with a voice. That's why Jesus said, it is written. Hey. It is written. Do you know, and I've studied it, I've studied it, and I came to this conclusion, that the temptation of Jesus might not be a physical thing. Eh? You know why I think that? Because they say the devil took him to the pinnacle of the temple. Imagine Jesus standing there, they would have seen him. But no one saw him. It means that it might be a battle of the mind. That the devil was throwing arrows in his mind. He's hungry. And his mind tells him, in his mind, he says, but I have this power. Why don't I use it? Yeah, I can just speak to the bread. And then he speaks. He says, men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And then another thought comes. So you are in a place where you are bombarded by things. Bombarded by information that shape your whole character. And you need to resist it. You can think the way God wants or you can think the way the world wants you to think. And when you think the way God wants, it rises hope in you. Hallelujah. Rises hope in you. Some of you today, you are sitting here. Your problem is not reading the Bible, although you think so. I, I can't read the Bible. Why can't you read the Bible? Because something happened. If you see somebody walking with crutches, the problem is not the crutches. The problem is the pain that he has. Huh? You don't remove the crutches and solve by you don't solve the problem by removing the crutches. You heal him before you remove the crutches. So when you see people behaving a certain way, when they say, I can't read the Bible anymore, the first question is, where was he disappointed? Where was she disappointed? Because everything that does not continue to give life will stop, you will stop being interested in it. So people have read the Bible and they don't see what they are reading. And at the end, they give up. It's like your doctor gives you a medication and says, if you drink it, you will be healed. Now, after a year, there is no improvement. You go back to him and say, well, now, 
That tablet that you gave me, I don't know if it's a mistake or what, it's doing the reverse effect on me. I, I, I thought I'm going to be, I'm becoming worse. So you will stop taking it because it does not help you. The reason why people are not reading the Bible is because they have come to the conclusion that it does not help. The reason people are not praying is because they have come to the conclusion it does not help. I've been praying. I've been reading. I've been fasting. It does not help. So because they have disqualified God from the Bible and has made it a book, book, they can't see results anymore. Because everything that's written in the Bible is yours but not yours. Mm-hmm. Don't think. <laughs> everything is yours, but everything is not yours. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Because what you must understand is that in the Bible, there are many things that are written. Some are not written so that you can act on it. Yes. Some are written so that you can get strength. Some are written as a testimony. Some are promises, not for you even. But because we taught you to read the Bible, you just read it. So when you have a problem, just open. (laughs) Put your finger there. And it's written. I'll take you out. Whoa! Then you go. You think you have a rhema word. Then you go. It will take me out. Then the more you start, the more you sink. Not think. You sink. And then after a week, Ah, Mm-mm. this is not working. That's why we advise you to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you can discern what God is doing at the moment, and you don't take everything as God says. Because some of the things are not meant for you to do it at that time. Do you know that there will be a thousand years, millennium? Where the Bible says the one that dies at a hundred years is a curse. Do you know that that word is for the millennium? Ah, but you can read your Bible and take it now. And somebody dies at 70, oh, he was cursed. Because you don't understand him. You read it, but you don't understand him. So when you read your scripture, read it with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Read it with the Holy Spirit. I say, read it with the Holy Spirit. Then when you read the Holy Spirit, you have insights. And when the Holy Spirit gives life to the word, it's planted in your heart. So now before you approach your Bible, don't fail to say, Lord, speak to me. Speak, give me the now words. What is my word in the situation? And you might not read, it will take you out. But... They told me about a story of somebody. That was a crazy story. Where the man wanted to hang himself. And he was thinking, Lord, must I kill myself? So, I don't, I'm so tired. And he opened his Bible and they say, and Judas hang himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he closed it. He said, Lord, what are you telling me? Open another place. Jesus said to Judas, what you have to do, do it quickly. <laughs> so he went and hanged himself. And he said, that says the law. He said, I must kill myself. So that closing your eyes and open Bible, putting your finger, stop it. Don't open the Bible by chance. They give us more. I was even, I just opened it. Like a magical book. The Holy Ghost does not lead you anymore. Yes. Study the scripture. Be consistent in studying it. Understand the mind of the scripture. It will heal your soul. And when your soul is healed, you can have hope. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I said to you today? I hope you understood what I'm trying to tell you. I didn't come here to excite you. I came here to give you a key in order for you to know how to hope. So now when something is, 
is hurting you, ask yourself, does he have eternal value? If not, walk away from it. Hallelujah. Walk away from it. The lady was testifying about a car. Does he have an eternal value? No. So how can you use the promise of a car to leave God? Hallelujah. This man is doing something that does not sit well with me. I say to myself, I can never control the way he reacts, but I can control the way I react back. So I will not let his attitude get into me because I'm sealed. You seal a bottle and you throw it into the sea, the water water will never get into it. Doesn't matter the vastness of the sea, it cannot get into it because it's sealed. Jesus says we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So we are sealed. So when he threw us in the world, he didn't expect the world to come into us. He expects us to change the density, the condition of the world by our presence in the world. Don't allow everything to bother you so much. Don't allow everything to bother you so much. Allow God to condition your mindset so that you may be able to walk as a victor. So you say, boy, it doesn't matter what happened. I know myself. I know I'm a winner. I know the Bible says that in all this, uh, we are more than conquerors through Christ. And nothing can separate me from the love of God manifested through Christ. So even if Mekeloso can come and say, I don't like you, I say, that's your problem. The problem is with you, not with me. If you come say, you are a false preacher, I say, the problem is with you, not with me. Because when I was called, you were not there. So who are you to come and detect what you don't know about? Then you stop moving around because of what people say. Your soul is at rest. Psalm 42 says, my soul, why are you cast down within me? Trust in the Lord. So the last key is to trust in God with all your heart and all your understanding and in all your way it shall guide your steps. Trust the Lord. Say to your neighbor, trust the Lord. Trust God's integrity. Say, trust the intentions of God for you. So it doesn't matter what happened, I want to see the intention of God in this matter. And because I trust him, I know that whatever he does is good for me. I might not like it now, but I will discover later that the Lord meant it good for me. Hallelujah. My my situation might not be what I want now, but I know God in the situation. So although the situation remains, I will not remain the same. I will allow this situation, I will allow God to shape me in the situation so that out of this situation, I may be who God wants me to be. God might not bring it on your way or God might not orchestrate it, but in the situation, God expects you to rise higher. Say, I am blessed. Say, I am so blessed. I am so blessed. Say, I'm not moved by the news that I hear. I'm moved by the word of God. Say, I'm moved by the word of God. I want you to say that I'm not moved by my bank account. Are you serious? Because this one is big. You know, God taught me something. And don't follow it. That's my personal work with God. Don't go there. You'll break your neck. God always tells me, don't buy anything according to your means. Buy it according to me. So I live a crazy life. <laughs> because I know if I have to trust my pocket, eh, I'm a loser. I have to trust God. I say I have to trust God. I have to trust God. You know, the last time I was worried about something and God said, when last did I let you down? And that's why you blessed me today because what you told me, that's what God told me. He said, look at where you're coming from. When last did I let you down? And then I said, when I remember. That my soul is at rest because I remembered that the Lord took me out of the dungeon. It took me out of my pain. It took me out of the forest. And he brought me to a place of rich fulfillment. And I'm praying that it may be your your path this morning. That your mind will not drag you down, but God will pick you up. Don't rely on your mind. Rely on God. 
Don't rely on your circumstances, rely on God. This morning, I'm here again to tell you, there's hope in Jesus Christ. I said there is hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope in Jesus Christ. Whatever is troubling you today will be your testimony tomorrow. Oh, I'm confident in this, that no death, no peril, no famine shall separate us from the love of God manifested in Christ Jesus. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We are going to, to do an offering. And then I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. I haven't prayed for the congregation for some time now. I don't know why. <laughs> Hallelujah. I do the offering. Let's do it quickly. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come, let's do it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you about your work with the Holy Spirit. He is an ever-present help in time of need. The Bible says, which man can understand the things in him except his spirit? The spirit of God is the discerner of the heart and the intention of man. So what you must do is to say to the Holy Spirit, reveal me my own heart. Lord, I might be deceived to believe that I am so fine, but reveal me the motives of my heart so that if there is anything that is not of you, I may repent of it. Hallelujah. So that I will not do anything based on wrong intention and wrong motives. I was doing a marital counseling and I said to the guy, if you buy a flower for your wife so that she can fall in love with you, it's a wrong motive. Because the flower was not for her, it was for you. If you give a gift to somebody so that that person can appreciate you, you didn't give a gift. You gave, you gave it for yourself. Love is selfless. Love is not selfish. It's all part of the condition of the soul, the brokenness that we experience today in the world. Hallelujah. Sometimes I wonder why do we pray the way we pray? And I realize that deep inside of us, although we don't know it, we want to impress God. That's why when something happens, the testimony starts like this. I prayed. You want people to know that you prayed. Then it's not for God anymore. It's for you. Hallelujah. It's for you. Oh, I say, you know, I thank God for my life. People do that. I thank God for my life. Because God has used me so much. What are you talking about? When Gaff was in trouble, I was the one that the Lord spoke to. Oh, I thank God for my life. I want to teach you the real Christianity. I'm not here to play. Because when I stand before Jesus, I need to do, give account to what I taught you. Hallelujah. So I need to know what I'm doing. So to step away and ask God to, to clean your ways, to sanctify your I do that. All the time I say, Lord, I might be in the wrong place here. Sanctify my ways. Reveal my heart to, my, to me. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the offering. I pray that you bless it and increase your people in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a communion. Can you serve the communion quickly? Father, thank you. Remember what I said about your thoughts? Hey, my Barbara. How are you? Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to see you like this. You see, when people go through pain and you look at them, their face, you wonder, ah, Lord, what is going to happen to her? 
But I can see God is good to you. But you see, what I was trying to tell you, in the pain, if she has given up on God, she wouldn't be like this. Should have been worse. But she decided to hold on to that. So I thank God. Thank God for Pastor Andile for working with you guys. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's do the communion quickly. Jesus says, every time you have a communion, remember my death until I come and I show you the power in his death, the power of freedom and the death of Jesus. I think I preach about that. That Jesus, it's at his death that people woke up from the dead. They only came out of the grave at the resurrection. But when he died, they came alive. So Jesus' death was to give you life. Hallelujah. His resurrection is for you to come out of that grave. But you are already alive in the grave. So the communion is a very powerful instrument. So as we have it, let every dead area in your life come to life. Amen. Hallelujah. Everything that, that, every life that God gave you that is being attacked, I pray that it may be broken. Amen. I was prophesied this morning, burden being removed. Chains be broken as we take the communion. Let it take it under that sign. Father, I thank you for your grace and bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a communion. worship him to come and uh, I'm going to pray for the end it will be the prayer for you today is there anyone sick in our midst this morning if you are here and you are sick can you stand up so that we can pray with you sick okay stand there stand where you are you don't need to come in front you stand those who are sick in their bodies stand where you are I want you to lift up your hands and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I receive my healing now. Thank you. For I was already healed before I became sick. Let the eternal life imparted to my soul work now. I receive my full healing in Jesus' name. Amen. You can sit down. Those who came into this church, this ministry today, and were down, their soul were down. I want you to stand. Your soul was cast within you. Those were quick, their soul were cast down. I want you to stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, you heard what I've said. If you look at what is troubling you, in God's perspective, it will vanish. If you look at it in world perspective, it will become bigger. You see, viruses are very small agents. But to see a virus, you need to put it under a microscope. Amen? And the microscope, the more you zoom, the more clearer it becomes. And the more the viruses, you can perceive it. So every problem that you zoom in will become more. So when you focus on what is happening and you think of that, because the, the, the pattern of the enemy is that when you go to sleep, uh-huh, then he throws the arrows. 
The Bible says uh, flaming darts, which are the arrows, demonic arrows. Flaming darts are thoughts. Study it. It's thought that the enemy injects in your mind. And then you can't sleep, and then you start to meditate, and the thing becoming bigger than it's supposed to be. And then you, what you see is the negative. It will not end well. And then you start to worry. And when you worry, you diminish the supply of heaven. Worry has the ability to close your heaven. That's what the Bible says, do not worry. So lift up your hands. Say, dear Lord Jesus, today, I put this under your feet. I receive my deliverance now. Father, give me grace not to worry anymore. You are with me. And the end of this, it's a blessing. I receive right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I receive my deliverance. In the name of Jesus. Father, touch them now. Touch them. The Holy Spirit is going to touch you. And some of you, if it's a, if a, if a oppression, is going to be broken. Now. Break. I command every oppression to be broken. I command every demonic oppression to be broken right now in the name of Jesus so that you may go free by the power of God. Right now, receive your freedom. Receive your freedom. Let it manifest. Receive your freedom now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can sit. We can all stand and then we're going to finish.